apparently Lincoln earned the goat of me like on the goat simulator I don't, I don't know no. anything about the goat simulator game. Okay. I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay. He just told you that as he came in. Well, Mia was. Oh, I... go ahead. Oh, so Mia was reading the words "goat of many hats," and she was like, "I know what mm. this is," and she spelled all of it out. All is one long blob of grass. I was like, you got to start over. Spell it again. And so G O A T. I said, "Okay, so stop. That's one word." And then she says, "Goat, goat of many hats." And I was like, "Yeah." So high five from Lincoln's like, "I earned that goat. I earned that goat last week." And I was like, "Oh, well, that's great." <laughs> and that's the extent of that conversation. Oh, so I listened to Connected. I know what you're talking about the one from last week. <laughs> <laughs> The one where they got to drop everything to go get flights. To go get flight. Yep, yep. Yep. They are like, what is it? Five, ten minutes into the show before they even do the introduction uh-huh. of like, yeah, that was that was. I found that so hilarious. Oh. <laughs> if you wonder what we're talking about, we're referencing connected. Uh, you don't even need to be a pro member to get this. I don't think. Uh, you know, because I'm not a pro member right now. Oh. Yeah, I did not renew in November. I did, but it's only because I've gotten spoiled by not having any ads. I will be renewing here shortly. And that is also the reason I've never done a trial of YouTube Premium or whatever it's called this week, uh, because I know I will get used to seeing no ads, and then I will be stuck paying for it because I'm spoiled by no ads. Plus, you know, I mean, I, I you know, that's a whole conversation for for generating income for a podcast or a YouTube channel uh, or any kind of content creator. Mm-hmm. I don't mind paying for people's content. Uh, Mike finally convinced me to join uh, the DT on DTNS patron. So I'm not a patron of DTNS. I like not having the pre-roll ads for ACAS at the <laughs> beginning. Uh, it, it was worth it to me just for that, honestly. I just like didn't pull the trigger because I, I was lazy and also didn't want to go into Patreon. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that's been done. Uh, I pay for, what is it, Connected Pro? I pay for Twit. Uh, Twit actually is a really good deal. So they're still running the same sort of setup that the Relay FM membership started as, which is you pay a flat price and you get ad-free versions of all of the shows. Uh, so for Twit, that's seven bucks a month. Um, that's good i, I should yeah. go pick that one up because i don't listen to twit because the shows are so long and then you gotta add the ads in there and leo you do great at reading ads for the most part but he is but long yeah, on those they ads. get their money's worth though <laughs> he is really long on you those know ads. about what leo's talking about that week yep but he does do good ad reads he, uh-huh. he's the first person i heard do really good at, and convinced me very early on without him actually trying to convince me because you know he wasn't just hearing him do the ad reads for his shows when i started listening over 10 years ago um that when you're doing ads in a podcast or even I think on a YouTube video, um, host red advertising, I think is still the best. It, it touches me better than, you know, you inserting a random ad here, like let's take a break for an ad. And then, you know, here's a commercially sounding ad versus the host reading the ad and giving me their honest opinions. So one thing I have to give mm. uh, the relay folks and uh, the people over at Twit is they actually use the products, at least for a short time. I may not continue using them because maybe right. it doesn't make sense for them, but they actually use the product and it's nice not only knowing that you wouldn't be doing advertising for this product if you didn't believe in it or think it was a good product for your audience, but also when they actually use the product, it comes to mind to me, uh, I listen to Upgrade most weeks, and they have Uni Pizza Ovens as a sponsor uh, mm-hmm. on the Relay Network. Well, it's fun listening to them talk about, you know, especially Jason who cooks a lot of pizzas with his own pizza oven. Like, I am nearly convinced to buy one, and the only reason I have not bought it is because, one, I'm not a huge fan of pizza. I might like it more if I made it. But... My reason for buying it would be Lincoln's really into pizza. I'm mm. like, I'll go spend four or five hundred bucks on one of these ovens, and then he'll be done. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm not. I'll forget pizza. Uh, <laughs> I don't care about. Are they that anymore. much? I thought they were like two. They started like two, but I think the one that I might would want yeah. to buy would be the multi fuel one. So I would have an option to use, you know, wood or charcoal or uh, propane. I think is the is a model. I haven't actually looked at them. I just know they're not. You know, they're not terribly expensive for what you're getting. Right. I don't eat pizza like that though. But you can relate to the host that's reading the ad to you or talking to you about that. About, about their it. experience, yeah, because yeah. he uses it, right? Or, you know, so only ones I can't relate to are Squarespace, but that's a different <laughs> conversation for a different day. <laughs> but you're relating to it. You may not like it. You're relating to it, though. It, it builds that you know you will not buy, buy Squarespace. Well, I mean, it worked on me enough for me to have tried Squarespace at some point. 
Or uh, did it work on you enough to get you to just go pay for the paid version so you don't have to hear Squarespace ads anymore? Hmm. Now there's a psychological twist. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll just do ads that annoy people uh, until they pay us and they don't have to hear those annoying ads. I did try Squarespace because, because of a podcast ad, though. Yeah. And to be fair, it's one of those situations, and Leo has said this a few times in, in different situations of, you know, uh, and Dave Hamilton on Mac Geek Gap says it all the time. Like, my job as a podcast host is to, one, try to find sponsors that are going to be relative, you know, relatable to my audience that are going to actually fit for what I think my audience is and what they're interested in. And two, to at least convince you to go look at their product. I don't have to convince you to buy it. That's their job. Once you get there, all I need you to do is click on a link that will let them know that, hey, you got more traffic this month because you paid us for a sponsorship. Now, whether or not you buy their product is strictly between you and the, and the you know, the seller of said product at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's true. Like, I tried Squarespace because of podcast ads. And I tried it. And you know what? Squarespace did not sell me on their product. I'm not yeah. mad at the hosts who do ads for Squarespace. Uh, but we but won't do an ad for Squarespace, probably. Not ever. I mean, I in, unless, unless tomorrow they turn around and things are fully accessible and they actually made that commitment, then we could have that discussion. But in the current iteration, no. No, no, no. I, I would quit. If Mike's like, well, listen, man, they're giving us like, you know, $10,000 a show. It's like, man, I'm out. Like, yeah. no. um, you're going to have to get Marty to come do technically working with you now because I quit. <laughs> Mike drop. Uh, like, damn, now maybe I, should recon- maybe I should reconsider this because I just threw my mic down. And broke it. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll do one more show. <laughs> one more show. I can advertise my services so people can buy them from me. Well, no, so I can get some of that ad money and buy a new mic that I just broke uh, or, or put the money back in my account that I just spent to buy a new mic. Speaking of microphones. You are using a Shure Beta A7A. Yep. I'm using a Shure Beta A7A on the most excellent, outside of their branding being all over the side of it, uh, Rode Plus, PSA1 Plus, I think is what it is. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, love the arm. It's been, what, about a year? Coming up on a year? Coming up on it, yeah. I'll have to find the link. Go look at these now. Yeah. yeah, I'll go look at these now, see when I bought it. Uh, and, but yeah, it's, it's, I am still loving this arm. I almost bought another boom arm. The conversation <laughs> is going somewhere, but I almost bought another boom arm which was the Elgato Low Profile Pro or Plus or something uh, boom arm. And my thought was, one, I don't, I think I have in my mind ideally how these arms look like, the low profile style arms look, which is instead of being like the ones that we have where, you know, you clamp it to the desk, you put the arm in, and the arm goes up and then comes across, so like it's like a, a reverse L or whatever. Uh, the arm goes straight up and then you have the boom arm with the mic on the end of it that, that comes out across. Well, when you're on camera, that boom can be in the way of your camera. Like the way mine is positioned right now would absolutely be in the camera shot like, and not be attractive. And I would also be upset because now I'm giving road free advertising, uh, which I'm doing on my podcast today. <laughs> I don't want it to be on television like that. Right. Or, or uh, with that meeting that I have with that all-important client. Right, right. And I'm just, you know, this big giant road and just sticking out there. Plus, you know, from a podcast standpoint, on a side note, you know, um, Mike does have an affiliate link for Z-Sound. So, you know. I do. I accidentally just logged into that account while I was trying to find my Z-Sound order history. So, <laughs> I was like, know, oh, I have an affiliate account. I should look yeah, at we that. Will, we will drop a link in the show notes to the Rode Podcaster. Uh, nope, not the Rode Podcaster. The Rode PSA1 Boom Arm. Uh, whatever. And click on the link. If you want to buy some music gear, you know, go check out Z-Sound. They have pretty nice payment plans if you're trying to get things on a budget and get some decent gear instead of buying cheap $13, $19, however much they're going for right at the moment that you signed Amazon arms that are going to break on you in a couple of years. Been there, done it. So there's that aspect of it. Now, however, these low profile arms, um, I did not buy the Elgato one. And it's because I heard two people who are podcasters say the exact same thing. I won't call any names. and I'm not going to besmirch the name of Elgato too much either. But they both said the same thing, which is after a while, the arm kind of starts to droop and not maintain its rigidness. This road, I can move it anywhere, sometimes to a point that I push it up out of the way temporarily for a second. And then now I'm looking for my microphone because, oh, it's not there because I moved it. But when I move it, it does nothing. It doesn't It doesn't come back. It doesn't droop down. It doesn't fall. I haven't tightened up or loosened anything. Everything just worked. So decided not to buy that Elgato arm. Also, I'm a little predisposed not to want to spend my money with Elgato because so much of their software uh, for media content creation isn't accessible. So I feel a little better not having spent the money with them also. Just putting that out there. Although, 
I am looking at a much more expensive boom arm. So uh, please don't click on Michael's affiliate link. Because <laughs> <laughs> he needs to recruit some of that money. Uh, oh, man, I'm not even buying it yet because apparently Sweetwater doesn't carry them nor Z's. I don't, so like, there's not even an option for a payment plan. And we're looking at three or $400 for a boom arm, which I don't actually need at the moment. Like I can work <laughs> around the camera. Uh, one day, maybe. One day. But I uh, got networking given by. And now yes. I told you this has yes. somewhere to go, but I forgot. Oh, oh, I do remember why I was going with this whole starting off with what microphones we're using. I am really interested in trying out this Shure NV7 uh, XLR USB microphone. Uh, I know that you have told me that Marty has one. I think that's the one he has. When, when I talk to him, I'll ask him again, or if I find it yeah. in recording. I think this. I was supposed to call him and ask him too, but yeah, I kind well, of forgot. Things happen. Uh, Marty, things happen. call us. <laughs> <laughs> See, man, you get a free shout out on the show. Uh, and be sure to check out Marty and Michael on Unmute on Tuesdays. I'll just yeah. go ahead and interject that there, too. There we go. See, this is our ads. We are. I wanted to get back to that before we go into the microphone uh, discussion real quick. And it kind of works out this way because we are running our own ads for other shows that I'm involved in right now. Unmute ACB.community if you want to join us live to get on the mailing list so you can join that. But where I was going with that is there is a podcast. I don't know if you've listened to it yet. It is on my list of things to Start listening to, and if either one of us remembers, we'll leave this in, even if we don't, but we should come back and talk about Overcast setups, because I have some questions for you, and maybe we can share some ideas now that I am kind of getting along with Overcast. But Host Red Ads, I think is the name of the podcast, I'll put it in the show notes, is Leo's wife, who organizes the relationships with the advertisers that they have on Twitter, and mm -hmm. uh, Marty suggested I give that a listen to, and I think you did too. Um, interesting that they're using SoundCloud to host that, but I think that might be for the social uh, aspect of it, which I should play with a little more. So. Yeah, I found it interesting too. They're using SoundCloud for that. Uh, I figured probably what happened is, uh, although your your reasoning actually makes more sense to mine, which is like, oh well, Lisa just wanted to do a podcast, so she recorded it and just threw it up on SoundCloud because she didn't understand the old complicated Drupal CDN feed parsing system they got going on over there. Yeah. Uh, but being able to easily share or or just kind of have SoundCloud push that up maybe in some different ways might might actually be the reason for it. It is a pretty good show, um, and, and that is where I've gotten a lot of good information on not just how to develop those relationships. Like, there's a one she did about how they onboard a new advertiser. Well, that started me just from a business standpoint of looking at like, okay, I got to get a onboarding process in place for new customers that really makes sense. Like, isn't you know uh, halfway done or me trying to remember. All of the stuff I need to go through. Uh, and it started me down a journey of really investigating different tools. Like, do I want to continue to use this tool? Or does it make sense to use that tool? Which ultimately has kept me in to do is because of the external connectivity to to do is like if nothing else, I can get stuff in. And at least on my Mac consistently, I get notifications about a task, including when I don't do them. But I can't <laughs> say I didn't get the notification. Yes. Yes. So MV7, what has your interest by it? So one, because I really like my Shure Beta 87A. Uh -huh. like I had this microphone years ago. I got rid of it when I was transitioning because I was basically scaling down to where I needed a USB mic because I didn't have an interface. I didn't want to buy a new interface and, um, you know, just cost-cutting measures at that point. So I got rid of that microphone. Yeah. Ultimately ended up back with the exact same microphone, which means I probably should have just kept it and put it in a bag um, because it's still my favorite microphone. There are some that I probably would like as much, but they're like three times the cost of the Beta 87A and they don't necessarily sound three times as good to me. Gotcha. Uh, so like the Neumann KMS-105 is one of those that I have been interested in because it does sound good. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit more of that warmer tone that you're getting with the Beta A7A, but not, you know, $600 good to me, you know, over what the Beta, beta 87 8 that, over what the 87A is. Wasn't it Marco that did a demo of all these different microphones I can link to? Yep, we'll drop yeah. a link to Marco's big mega podcast microphone review. Uh, good content. He has been updating it too. There's a new oh, microphone he okay. has put up there. Uh, I think there's a couple of new microphones. The new one that he is now using is, uh, I think it's Earth, Earthworks is the company that makes it. Uh, so they actually, and he, he's, you know, that's turned into a pretty good thing for him. He actually had those people send him a microphone to test out and he, you know, reviewed it compared to some of the other ones and they ended up going out and buying one because he liked it. Hmm. Uh, but again, you know, we're talking like 700 bucks. <laughs> Doesn't sound that great to me. Uh, 
But what has me interested in the NV70, I do have my AT2005 here. I don't really want to buy another one of those at some point. And just being fair, fair is fair. Like I've had one, I actually have an old 2100, not the 2100X, but the 2100, the, the original. The mini USB. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one, yeah, yeah. So I have one of those that I honestly just didn't want to be bothered to, to sh ship it back and pay for the shipping and do all of that to have them fix it again because it would be the second time I've sent a microphone back to Audio-Technica. Now, I haven't had any problems with the AT2005. It still works perfectly fine. But considering that, one, I do like good audio. Uh, sure makes good microphones. And the NV7, from a few listens I have given to it uh, just, just randomly, uh, I haven't done like extensive testing or extensive listening to anyone else's, you know, so just kind of, you know, glancing here and there. It does seem to provide a pretty good sound with a little bit more kind of uh, echo rejection. And what I'm thinking about is not so much my everyday mic. That's going to be the mic that's sitting in front of me right now. But when I'm traveling because of that USB connectivity, um, I would be able to take that microphone and probably get a little bit better sound than I'm getting than I would get with the audio technical mic in random locations, like say a hotel room that doesn't have enough soft things around it. So, you know, sound is bouncing all over the place. Uh, and it's probably also, to be honest, Marcus, because I just want to buy something. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a sure mic. It's dynamic, okay. But it's USB and X XLR, so it's flexible. So, you know, hey, why not? I like this microphone. I have not bought it yet. Uh, and I probably won't buy it, but I am very interested in it. I won't throw my audio technique out the window, but if something happens to it, that, that would probably be the next mic I would go to, especially for travel. Just so you have a backup when you're traveling. Yep. Or if I show up somewhere and I need to do like two two guests like me and another person are recording at the same time like that you know so at some point i probably will pick it up even if i don't you know something doesn't happen to the audio technical just to give me a, a, an additional backup with travel because when you're traveling like you know the worst thing is i'm sitting here now and if the, the sure were to go out i could reach over and grab the audio technical and yeah. i'm good but if i'm traveling and the audio technical all of a sudden isn't working like i don't have a backup like there's nothing else to go to and you know a part of what we're doing with technically working right now is being consistent like we have published a show every monday since we started we have not missed a day yet yep. um with that one yeah. random, get any feedback about that episode? The one episode Mike dropped in on me doing a long demonstration of our uh, launch bar. I haven't heard anything from anybody, but you know, I haven't gotten any feedback on that. So if you have feedback, email us or reach out. And if you're reaching out to us and you're not getting us, because honestly, I haven't tested the email and I think I forgot to set it up yet again. Let's be uh, transparent. Tomasi, can right I just now. make you an admin? Maybe uh, we should. Yeah. I, will, I will walk you through that process yeah. because you can add me without having to give me a license. And that could be helpful for someone. So. Yeah, I might just do that, and then you can set that up. So if you've reached out to us, we guarantee we will have email set up because we're going to record this. So by the time this gets edited. Um, otherwise, you know, some of us, some, some listeners know us personally, so give us feedback on what you thought about Tomasi's episode. Other than that, this sounds like the same show you guys are already doing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> First I know. of all, Mallory asked me, she goes, why are you guys recording again? I'm like, because it's that time of week. Like, it's we're consistent. We're doing it, and hopefully people are enjoying it uh downloads are going up so that's one stat to keep track of and interesting things that are going to be coming up in the near future with some other things that i'm involved in mostly i am curious though with your overcast um how do you have your playlist set up because my playlist i have three set up right now i have casual listening which is i'm doing something i don't got to pay attention to it this might be audio drama it's kind of like uh you know if you just have tv on in the background for people who do that that's my casual listening um i have news that's what's going on in the world often my day starts in that one and i need to add and remove some podcasts to that one and then i have tech which i realized the other day i've spent zero time in because i go into double tap or i go in uh, i have dtns and news and i know i think you and i've personally talked about overcast i don't know if we've talked about your playlist set up on the show before so yeah how do you use so, overcast and playlists how do you have your playlist constructed like are they automatically just pulling a new show from this feed they or? pull in new episodes from selected shows gotcha okay because i thought that's so, the, that's the primary i think easiest way to set it up 
yeah, that's how I have mine set up uh, for the most part. I only have a couple of playlists. Uh, one is tech, and I realized uh, that I one I need to reset it up because a lot of the feeds that were in there are no longer there, such as DTNS was in there, going in there every day. <laughs> but I have not added the Patreon feed there. Yeah, I have a few shows going there that are, that are you know basically tech related news. Uh, DTNS, I think I would actually move to a news playlist. On I, I am working on. I say working on because I've been cleaning up feeds that I don't ever listen to. Like they're there, but I don't listen to them. I did an export of my file. Uh, and there's a tip for anybody. Like if you ever feel like you're either overwhelmed by the number of podcasts you subscribe to, <laughs> or you realize like I have this feed and it has like 134 episodes and I haven't opened it probably since the first week that I uh, subscribed to it. Mm-hmm. Do an export of your XML, your XML file and save that somewhere. Because then you can always go back and pull those shows back up if you determine you want to get them back. But then just start cleaning up what you don't think you're going to listen to. Uh, but I need to, with you also, because I think you have some shows I need to also add that I need to subscribe to, to start building out an actual news playlist. So in that playlist for me would be like DTNS, uh, you know, probably something like Security Now, because I don't have enough security podcasts that I, I consistently listen to that I would make their own playlist for them. So just general news, because to me, security news is news. Because mm-hmm. uh, you need to stay updated on it. So when it I need to stay out, current. To yeah, current. I need to be current on what's going on. But then oftentimes, like, it has a wider reach. It just starts with a topic of, you know, security. But it, it has a wider reach into the tech industry. Yeah. Uh, but most of my playlists are set up. The ones that I do actually have that are active right now are the tech one. And then I have an inbox playlist. And this was not a legitimate attempt to duplicate uh, the Castro feature. It was a playlist for me to be able to say, I want to add specific episodes. That one is actually manually controlled, so it's not automatic at all. I manually add episodes to the inbox playlist so I can sync them to my watch, which is still such a terrible experience. I don't actually end up doing it too often. Uh, But that is the reason that playlist exists. Uh, The other thing I have done in Overcast is shows that I know consistently I am going to want to know when there's a new episode and listen to it. One, sometimes I'll turn on notifications for certain shows. I do have those silenced or whatever the terminology is so that something goes to notification center but I don't see it on the lock screen it doesn't throw up a banner but when I'm checking notifications I'll see like oh there's a new security no they finally posted the new security now episode mm-hmm. uh, okay uh, also I have pinned a few shows to the top of Overcast mm-hmm. so before I get to you know the unplayed episodes of any feeds in alphabetical order as they are you know want to be laid out uh, security now is pinned at the top DTNS Patreon feed is pinned at the top um, what else is pinned something else pinned at the top of my, I don't have my phone Mine are uh, unmute and DTN. No, unmute and double tap are the only two right now. Yeah, I should probably pin double tap because I do tend to try to listen to that. I, I fall behind with that mm-hmm. on, on some occasions and sometimes I'll skip a show because the title is not enticing. Here's a tip for people starting podcasts. Try to get your titles to be intriguing so that people mm-hmm. will listen to your show. Did you notice I played with the title for last week? Nope, because I didn't that's, subscribe to that's the really show. interesting that you bring that up because uh, I did play with the title last week. I'm like, I, I should tell him. And then I'm like, no, I'm like, but, you know, that's what we would normally do is try something and then reach out with some, reach out and say, hey, did you notice that I changed this? And the other one's either like, nope, yeah, or I've no. Been doing, I've been doing standing cleanup with and I have not. Last week's standing with, I saw that somewhere. Ooh, the <laughs> newsletter. That's where I saw it. Yeah. So I see, do read the newsletter when you yeah, say that out. Yeah. And we've been consistent with that too. I'm, I'm starting to enjoy that. We need to start automating some of that. So, yep, we will get some of that stuff automated. So, Mike's using Cindy to send out his newsletter. You should go over to slash TW and subscribe. Get my weekly newsletter, which just updates what's going on. But I do open those uh, and take a look because sometimes I don't know that Mike has published something. And also, I can see what goofy title we gave my show last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible podcaster because I don't listen to my own show, but I just did it. So I really don't want to listen to yep, it. Uh, yep. It's not so much I don't want to listen to it. It's like, like there's so much other stuff to listen to between uh-huh. podcasts and audiobooks and stuff that I just don't. It's like I did the show. I don't. And family, that, that, and, you, you got to yeah. listen there too, like to be real. Um, I only yeah. listen to it because I edit it. <laughs> Sometimes I'll go back and listen to a couple of minutes of it just to make sure because Marty has called me out on a couple of episodes where I mess up an edit and I only publish my channel or Demasi's channel. Really yeah, good conversation now, about audio uh, today. That was fun. 
Now, if I edit, I will go listen to it when it's published, like the first, again, first few minutes just to make sure like, okay, this did come out right. But because I trust Mike to know what he's doing when he's editing, like, and I know he's not going to do anything goofy. Uh, well, like I don't need to babysit him. So I don't listen because again, I have more other stuff to listen to. I literally just did the show and Mike's editing has gotten so good to the point that like early days of DM, I would listen to the episodes and go, man, we should have did this or you should have cut that out or, you know, something like that. And Mike would probably do the same thing to me. Like, oh, your, 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 your cuts were a little rough there. And I was uh -huh. like, yeah, man, I was in a yep. hurry. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that. I think so, we we're editing in Were we in Reaper or Amadeus then? I don't, uh, I will have to go back and look. I think we may have been in Reaper. If we even talked about it. Well, I'm sure we talked about it, but. Yeah, I think you may have been using Reaper on Windows, possibly, but I don't really remember. You know, we could have had some early episodes done in Amadeus because I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly when we started using Reaper. I know we started right around the same time because Garf content is what pushed yep. us into, or not say pushed us, but got us over to Reaper. Like, oh, okay, here's a, because I had been eyeballing, uh, what is it, Logic Pro for a yeah. long time just because it was like a, a more full featured, you know, multi-track editor, which is the thing that I wanted, but Logic was also 200 bucks and I'm like, it's also not designed for podcasters uh, and apple seems to on every update yank out more features that podcasters rely on so let's not spend that money uh but yeah reaper reaper has turned out to be an amazing thing and anything from the conversation about reaper and audio editing today that you want to share or you can't share or uh that i need to slow down maybe listen to what mallory says and and pay attention because uh if you didn't know in reaper you can tap f4 and that brings up a list of actions and you can pretty much search i think where i was uh looking at to make macros so to combine actions together to do my own things based on keystrokes that i set up that's another thing that i appreciate jacob for bringing up because he, he made a mention on double tap last week that a lot of his key map entries are custom to what he does and what he needs for his workflow so for example on the mac if you press command shift j that will give you the beats and time information and you do it twice and it gives you the hours and minutes right but you can go up into the view menu and go to ruler and under ruler set that to minutes and hour or minutes and seconds so that way when you press vojj it will give you um information about or i'm sorry when you just press voj once it will give you information about the hours and minutes and seconds and that's what i need as a podcaster and that's how i'd set mine up well he has his setup because it's a command that he uses quite often because he needs to know that information uh, to just Jay. Why do you need to use command shift? Yes, everyone else has to, or has that by default, but you can go in and set that to something different. And I think that's something that I have to realize too, is a lot of times I'll just stick with the defaults and don't think about, hey, instead of spending 45 seconds with F12 trying to remember that shift comma, <laughs> comma, why not actually set up your own keystrokes that mentally to you make sense? Like I always go to nudge the comma and period. Why do I need to add the shift? That doesn't make sense. We'll set that up because you can customize Reaper that way. Yeah, I think also, and I've done some of that at, at times in the past. I think on a previous install, I didn't back up my Reaper stuff, and I didn't want to go find it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I hadn't made that many changes, but I have made that that change with the ruler before, uh, because like you, like I just need the time of, of, of where I'm at, not the beats and all. Because I don't, I don't, you know, that's music, and I'm not doing music, I'm doing podcasts. Um. But yeah, I think the Osara key map is a very good starting point. And I think when you're learning Reaper, and that's the difference is like when you were, when I was learning Reaper, at least it for me made sense to stay with the defaults of the Osara key map that came along with osar because one when people were giving instructions or doing tutorials that's the key map that they were drawing from uh, they weren't necessarily you know calling out the necessary action or they would say you know you want to nudge by pressing these keys which made it easier for me to make that that transition or really get to learn reaper i think once you're at the level that you are with editing and as much editing as you do it behooves you to actually go in and really customize the key map to make it make sense for you and make sure you always export a copy and uh, back it up or put it in git yeah, uh, I, so you have it. I brought it up to Jacob. I said it's 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 ironic. I can automate with Hazel all day long and you know automate text expansion, but I never really put into consideration to automate what I'm working on every day, which would save me a lot of time and energy. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just that that 
that expectation of either you went in and customized something before, which may have happened, and then like either you broke something or stuff stopped working, or again, just coming from that, I'm still learning this aspect as opposed to now you're kind of really a professional, you know, Reaper user in, in a lot of ways. Like the amount of editing that you do and as good at using the features of Reaper to enhance your editing, uh, you're, you're past the point of having to stick with the defaults because if someone tells you, oh, well, you just want to nudge this over, well, you're going to know what nudge is. Like you're not still learning about nudging items, mm-hmm. which may have been, a, you know, a thing. I'm just using nudge as an example. But that could have been a thing when, you, when, when, you know, we both started using Reaper that I didn't know about what a lot of this terminology meant because I had never actually used a, a DAW, like a full-blown DAW. Everything I ever used was a very simple in most cases, single track editing uh, software like Amadeus, where they didn't have terms like, and I remember, you know, having a conversation with Tamir over at Sweetwater one day about why my audio was not going out the way that I wanted it to, and why was it not cutting out a specific channel that I wanted to through this interface, uh, or how could I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was something I was trying to do with the board. I wanted to record something or not have something recorded, and I was in Amadeus at the time. And he's like, oh, I'm not familiar with Amadeus. Do you, you know, did you, are you sure that you armed the track? And I was like, what do you mean, armed the track? I'm, <laughs> I'm not giving Amadeus a gun. Like, that guy's dead. Right, what, do you, what do you mean? <laughs> right? Didn't know any of this, right? So coming in the Reaper now, I understood what it was then because he explained, you know, you know, you have to arm, you know, in most DAWs, he's like, I'm not familiar with Amadeus, but in most DAWs, like a Logic or, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, you have to arm a track in order to record to it. Like, if you don't arm it, it does not record audio to it. So, you know, that started me on a journey. And when I got to Reaper, there still was terminology I had to learn, which is kind of universal across all, you know, digital audio workstation applications, which is what DAW stands for, people. But I wasn't using a DAW. I was using just a very simple editor, which is a great app. It's, you know, no, no, no shade being thrown at Amadeus Pro at all. Served me quite well for several years. But, uh, you know, the one thing I did want was multi-track recording, and that's not something that it really did. Like, I hacked it one time to make it work. It was super difficult. Uh, so I think that's just part of the reason that maybe it, you keep doing what you're doing because what you're doing is working. And yeah. because you weren't willing to make those changes. And that, I think that applies across any kind of, you know, any kind of uh, work that, that any of us do. You start out, you learn something one way and you keep doing that because you're efficient doing it, even if they're not realizing that you are adding more cognitive load to what you do because it's not as efficient as you could make it if you were to take the time to customize it. But you are able to reliably reproduce the same outcome every time. So you stick with that. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's why my audio still goes to Alphonic to get normalized. That's why I still pay Alphonic monthly. I mean I like Alphonic, but there's tools that I could use locally to. I finally installed Map Whisper, so I'm gonna start playing with that. I haven't got the license yet. I used it to translate audio from Marty in a ad that we're creating because Script Talk is coming to unmute on and do a presentation on Tuesday, the 18th of April at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern, acb.community for more information and telling us about what Script Talk is and how you can use it to read your medication. Well, Marty recorded part of that and I'm like, I will come up with a part that I can record and put something together because you know me, overcommit and then try to figure out what I'm going to do later. Uh, so what I did is I'm like, well, this gives me an opportunity to install Mac Whisper. So I grabbed that clip of audio that he used that ultimately I could use because he did a pretty good job. It's, it's like 29 seconds, which is like perfect for what I'm shooting for. And, um, I sent that into Mac Whisper and then I got the transcript and then I dropped that into Mac GPT and said, write a two person script. And it gave me something. So I might reach out to Marty and, and have him voice the parts that it gave me because that, I mean, it, it gives me that two person script or we might just run with what he has, or I might have two ads because he already did one. And then I took that one ad and turned it into a second one that we could use and put in rotation. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like I've thought about that too with, with off on it. Like right now my default still is to go to off on it uh, mm-hmm. with, with audio that I know is going out, you know, for the world. And it's mostly for me because I'm not confident enough with doing my own compression and noise leveling to know that that stuff is, is where it needs to be. Even though I pay for a tool, which reminds me to go check on that pricing. Uh, but I pay for a tool and have been consistently paying for it. And I use it like I've used it to clean up audio, but I don't use it to its full benefit where I could probably output using RX isotope, you know, a pretty good, you know, or a, a, a excellent recorded, you know, uh, edited show or whatever 
with RX without having to go to a cloud service to do it with Alphonic um, and, and still use some of the same automation stuff that you're using now. Like, you know, we render a project out and once it's rendered, you know, it gets moved to this folder and then that stuff happens, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it's easier, or not necessarily, not going to necessarily say easier, but you know you're going to get consistent output. Yeah. going through Alphonic. Uh, and they keep but, adding stuff that makes it kind of difficult to walk away to. So, you know, yeah, like Whisper. Whisper was keeping me there. Maybe if I explore some automation, I might explore it. But that's what I told Jacob. That's what keeps me there. But that and I know what I'm going to get out of it. I, I know what I'm sending to it. So I know what to expect to get out of it. And it's going to be consistent with any audio that I post. But I might hopefully move some more of that locally because, yeah, Reaper, 6,000 actions, over 6,000 actions available. I don't know yeah, what it's, got there. It is really deep. Uh, yeah. Reaper's a great app. The only thing I've, the only knock I've honestly heard against Reaper from people generally who do a lot of edit, editing is they don't like the interface. Uh, visually, they don't like the interface, right? It's, it's about the worst thing because everybody I know that's blind that uses Reaper and is a audio, you know, any sort of semi-professional prosumer or whatever, you know, word you want to use uh, up to the pros. Like, we all love it because thanks to Ostar, which, Jamie, I'm just saying, like, you guys really need to set up GitHub sponsorship or something because uh, I can't contribute any code to you. I'm not going to learn Python that much. Uh, but I would absolutely contribute some money over for Ozar. Just say, hey, put up a PayPal link or something. Buy me a coffee, something. Cash out. A Stripe link. Something. Use Stripe do link, because then you can use cash right there, see? Yeah, I mean, I do something is yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to give you some money, but, you know, make it easier for me to give you money and also tell other people, like, hey, you know, instead of giving me that 15 bucks for whatever you owe me 15 bucks for, you know, go over here to this place and give these guys 15 mm -hmm. bucks, because they're doing, give these folks. Uh, yes. Guys, for me, tends to be a all-inclusive term, not necessarily limited to males, but I'm going to work on that. Uh, but give these folks some money uh, for what they're doing over there. But I've heard that for people who don't like the visual interface of it, but, you know, they're also, you know, cited and it's like, well, you can customize the interface. You're like, yeah, but logic just works. It's like, so just say that you really like logic and just keep moving. <laughs> like, you don't have to, well, the interface is ugly, but you could customize it though, right? Like, it's, it's, it's not, you know, super hard. There are things out there that exist. Uh, so Mac GPT, we've been getting into a lot of GPT stuff. We're not going to make our whole show about AI, as you can tell, because we've already been recording for... 45 minutes wow yeah uh but we have been using some new tools mike got uh mac G mm, what did you get so mac whisper for everybody we'll put links to show notes but mac whisper is uh using whisper ai which there are some cloud implementations of it but essentially you can just run this on your computer to do transcript the person the, the people who put it together and came up with the idea and got the actual um you know uh command line tools put together for whisper were looking for something that they could use to transcribe interviews with locally on their machine so you know that's how mac whisper itself ever came about uh mac whisper the application is just somebody wrote a nice gooey interface that is accessible as far as i can tell yeah uh my usage of it that so you don't have to go to the command line and try to type in a whole bunch of you know flags and stuff like that uh is it, it is to i would say mac whisper is to the whisper command line to what permute is to ffma right so you can just go in and tell it what you need to happen versus remember what commands to type or put in text expander and it, it works fairly well once you get used to the interface and it's not even a difficult interface to get used to um and so yeah i use that i am just using the free version right now and actually that did pretty good so i'm i'm kind of impressed yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, same did guy. The English who, small is the one that I downloaded. Yep, that's the, I still have that one. It's all because it's the fastest one. Uh, yes. With the paid with the paid version, you do get the English. I think it's multi-language. You get both English and multi-language, uh, medium and pro now. No, yeah, the, uh, there's not an large. English pro large. I think nope. or maybe there's, a, there's a, no no. It's multilingual large. So yep. English medium. Uh, and what we're talking about is like the accuracy versus speed of the process. So the small one is it, it doesn't take a lot of storage. And it's really fast at, at coming back with a transcript, right? Transcribing your audio into text, but it is less accurate than say the large model, which includes all languages. Uh, so it's like three gigs download. <laughs> Uh, and it's going to be slower, but it's slower because it is taking more time to process the audio to be more accurate. So, you know, if you need something just real quick and dirty because you're going to toss it in chat GPT anyway, the small definitely works. 
uh, if you were actually trying to transcribe, like one way that I'm probably going to start using this is, is to transcribe uh, recordings from Zoom. Right? Yeah. I do a consultation with somebody and I need to go back. So to me sitting here taking notes that honestly, people, I don't go back and look at all the time nope. anyway. Nope. Uh, unless there's a key critical piece of information that I have forgotten that I'm like, okay, I did write it down. So let me go find it in drafts. Uh, just transcribe the meeting. You know, take yeah. the meeting, drop it in there. And I will transcribe that using a large model because I want it to be as accurate as it can possibly be at that point. So I don't care about how long it takes because I'm not sitting there transcribing it. And guess what? I'm not paying anybody to do it either. Nope, because so, you, know. you pay one for those and it's like 18 bucks. And then you can just let it run and not have to worry about it because your computer's going to be on and you're going to be doing something else anyways. And I got an M2, man. I can run the world with M2. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jeez, you know, Apple is don't these chips. It's ridiculous in the Mac. Like it, I am literally, and if you, if anybody that's listening now ever listened to, I'm going to say early to mid, mid episodes, probably all the, not all the way up to the end because by the time we got to the end of uh, the DM series, I was on an Apple Silicon computer. But anything prior to that, you have probably heard me say, I would never buy a MacBook Air. Like, not as my primary computer. Maybe if I had enough disposable income and I needed just a quick knock around computer to grab, you know, for maybe recording a podcast or something like that. Okay, I'm never buying a MacBook Air to be my primary computer. That's not a thing. Uh, I still stand by those words because this is not a normal MacBook Air. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's not a normal MacBook Air. This yeah. is not the MacBook Air of the day when that was recorded. Uh huh. This is not the Mac. I did not foresee this. Like I knew Apple was working on their own chips, but I did not foresee this. Like I'm sitting in front of a Mac MacBook Air, and it is my primary computer. And honestly, like the only reason I would upgrade to a Pro is if one, I started traveling a ridiculous amount, and I was having to do a lot of rendering, etc., or if I were looking at a way to possibly just get more ports, which I would resolve that problem. Oh, I bought a new dock. That's how I wanted to open the show. <laughs> I got here anyway. See, I'm a professional, people. I know how to do this. I wanted to start the show with that, and then Lincoln hit me with that goat thing, so that <laughs> threw all that off. See, I was thinking about cutting that out, and now we talked about it, so we got to keep uh, it in. I just thought about it, too. Like, now we got to leave that in, because I just referenced the goat thing. Yeah, so, uh-huh. I just made see, that I, note. Keep the goat in. <laughs> yep. See, look, I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing sometimes. I did buy a new dock, though. Uh, bought the OWC Thunderbolt Hub. They need to work on their branding. I'm going to, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to stop saying I'm going to do this. And I'm going to start composing emails with ChatGPT. There you go. Because uh, all you have to do is write slash. Uh-huh. Yep. And I'm going to introduce companies to Desiree by way of saying, listen, I have a friend who's really good with marketing. I copied her in on this email. The Just reason I am suggesting her is because I get confused by some of your product naming, not to really be able to, you know, either legitimately know what I'm buying sometimes or to be able to explain to someone else who wants to think I bought which one of your products it is. So, uh, and I'm going to come back to that comment Mike made about slash GPT in a second. So what I did buy here is, and it was on sale. They had a, a pretty nice March, March Madness sale. I bought an open box. Uh, I think it's a Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt 4 hub. I, I'll put a link in the show notes for sure because they got some confusing products. Uh, but this one gives me... Um, in, in addition to the Thunderbolt port that connects to the computer, it gives me uh, three additional uh, Thunderbolt 4 ports. Uh, so USB-C Thunderbolt 4 ports, which is awesome because that means I can plug in anything if I have more Thunderbolt stuff or got more ports, but they also work as just regular USB-C. Gives me, I think, three A ports uh, that are, you know, USB 3, whatever the fastest speeds are. Uh, SD card slot, Ethernet jack, which is why I bought it. Gonna be honest, I just had an Ethernet jack in, on it. Uh, <clears throat> gigabit Ethernet jack. Headphone deck, which you know, might come in handy at some point. I want to do some weird audio routing stuff. Uh, SD card slot and I think HDMI, but I don't remember. I don't pay attention to HDMI because I don't hear about it. Uh, but that's it. Uh, I picked it up for about 140-ish bucks it was on sale for. And the primary reason I bought this, uh, Mike remembers that I own the, he doesn't probably remember the name of it, but he knows only a Thunderbolt hub that I bought that I was very happy with uh, a couple years ago. The Elements, the CalDigit Elements Thunderbolt 4 hub. Uh, yep, I remember that name. Three USB, uh, three, four USB-A ports and three Thunderbolt ports in addition to the one port that's 
because that internet to the computer. Uh, also, people need to stop that when you go look at like these docks or these hubs. They're like, you have four Thunderbolt ports. No, you don't. You have three because one has connected to the computer. That one at that point is useless. Uh, I'm still, I still like the hub. I still think it's a good solution. Two things for me though. Number one, on more occasions than I'm happy with, I probably shouldn't say this because I'm going to you know, tell people, hey, if you're interested in buying this, reach out. Uh, but for some reason, I occasionally get the, the notifications when I plug something in of like, oh, USB devices have been disabled because one of your devices is drawing too much power. Right now, I honestly think that's a macOS issue and not an issue with the hub because I right. didn't see this prior to uh, upgrading to Ventura, uh, and it also still seems to be working. This hub does plug into the wall, so like, there's no reason for you to be like, "Oh, you're drawing too much power." Like, where am I drawing? I'm not drawing power from you, Mac. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> don't don't judge me on my power usage, macOS. <laughs> like, what are you? What, I mean, you're trying to be an nanny now. You're gonna tell me how much? I'm the one who pays this light bill. You know, don't, don't play with me. <laughs> but the real reason I switched. You, you go do be, whisper for a little bit. <laughs> Right. So, but the reason I bought the I upgrade is because I was at a point where I was going to have to replace the the uh, Ethernet adapter that I had been using. And looking around, I was like, I can buy this. And then I had this sale. And it was like, oh, well, you know, there's an Ethernet port built into this. Uh, and you still get some extra USB, I mean, Thunderbolt ports on it. So it's kind of like you're winning and you're not giving up a Thunderbolt port, which is what I'm currently doing, giving up a Thunderbolt port on my hub from CalDigit to have uh, an Ethernet 